Once again, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Matt, lead pastor here at Life Church, along with my beautiful wife, Tanya Jansen. And we are so grateful and always honored to be your pastors, to serve Jesus as he builds his church. And we get to steward the vision that he started, and we get to be a part of it. So we're just so grateful for that. You guys, this morning, I am so excited. If you've noticed, every, every week we've done something unique. We've had one person come up and share a brief thought or testimony on the subject of the day. And so for those who have not been with us, we've been in a series talking about the values of Life Church. And we talked about the value of the Word of God. We talked about the value of prayer. I don't want to miss anything. Worship. We talked about the value of prayer. We talked about the value of rest. We will operate out of a place of grace. Last week, we talked about the value of honor. We cheer each other on. And this week, our value is the value of family. Can somebody say value of, can somebody say family? Sorry. Family and the big idea. Thank you. That was great. That was awesome. Coming out from underneath that, the idea is that we are a diverse, welcoming community. And today we're going to be talking about this idea that the one who unites us is greater than the things that divide us. And so this morning, you guys, I've asked somebody to come and speak uh, for about five minutes, a quick thought or testimony on the subject of family, that we are a diverse, welcoming community. And this morning we get to have, can everybody give a big hand for Maria Panier is going to come up and share with us. Awesome. You guys, um, these guys are amazing. Maria, I'm just going to share a brief story. Come on up. Come on up. We love you. You can put your computer up here. Go for it. Um, the, the Paneers came to us from India, and they, were, they moved here for work. But before they came here, and tell me if I'm correct here or incorrect, but they watched us online. So when they showed up, their son Ryan is like, I know you. I've seen you on TV. Isn't that cool? So look what God did with an online service. And, and we're so grateful to have this family as a part of our community. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Matt, uh, for this opportunity. And, um, yeah, last year when we started coming here to church, um, you know, uh, so first of all, my beautiful wife, Angelin, and uh, my son, uh, Angela Ryan and uh, our next son, we are, who's coming soon, <laughs> we, and myself, uh, we are so blessed and grateful uh, to be part of this diverse and welcoming community here at Life Church White Rock. Um, last year when we started coming here, from day one, we felt so embraced and loved uh, by everybody in this congregation. Um, you know, even though we are coming from a different country, you know, in the other side of the planet, <laughs> um, from, we never felt any different. You know, we always felt we belonged. And, um, you know, uh, thank you so much for that. <laughs> we are so blessed. So, in the next five minutes, I would like to share um, about how we get to be this diverse and welcoming community. In Matthew 6... Um, when Jesus teaches us to pray, he asks us to address God as our Father. He says, this is how we ought to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, what does that even mean? How do we even comprehend that? How are we, mortal beings, to call God Almighty 
as father. Because, you know, how are we even to dare to do that? Because I know that I'm a sinful man. I'm a mere mortal. I'm here today and gone tomorrow. I'm just a vapor in the wind. And I know that I'm a sinful man. Every day, I have the challenge. I, I want to do good, but my flesh wants to do bad more. Oh, I'm a wretched man. But God Almighty, so I came from the sand and to sand, I'll return, right? But God Almighty, He's eternal. He has no beginning and He has no end. What does that even mean? I can't understand that. How can something not have a beginning? He is omnipotent. I can't even get out of bed in the morning. He is omnipresent. There is nowhere that I could go where he is not there. He spoke worlds into existence. Everything that we see, the mountains, the oceans, they declare the glory of the living God. Such an awesome God. And He is holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Nothing impure can be in his presence. But I am impure. I am sinful. I lust. My flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life makes me fall every day. I'm impure then how am I to even dare to call him as my father? Am I so arrogant to make myself equal with him? So Jesus doesn't ask us to, you know, worship God as a worshiper and, you know, he being a deity and we worshiping. He asks us to address him, the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, as a father, a father. That means I, I get to become an heir, right? What does that even mean? How is that even possible? This is where we get to see the love of God. 
John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, even here in the scripture, for God so loved the world, loved us, that he gave his one and only son. Underline one and only son. So Jesus is the one and only son. So Jesus gets to call God the Father. Not me. I am not the one and only son of God. Right? But the second part of the verse, whoever believes in that one and only son, believes in that one and only son, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Just by believing in this son of God, I, a mortal being who is decaying on an everyday basis, get to step out of my limited temporal environment and I get to step into eternity. Hallelujah. God is so good. How marvelous is his wisdom that he sent his one and only son And I believe in him and I get to be in him. And through him, I get to have this way from moving from a mortal being into an eternal son and a daughter. Now, what does it mean to believe? It means we follow, we understand what he says. We listen to what he says and we obey. But it is difficult to obey sometimes. So that's when, that's why in John 14, Jesus says that he prays to the Father to send us a helper, a counselor. If you love me, Jesus says, you will obey my commandments. And I, Jesus says, will pray the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit from whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. Even to help with our unbelief, God provides a helper. How good is our God? Not only did he made a way to eternity, but he also has given us a guide who walks beside us. Now this is the icing in the cake and we conclude. Romans 8, 14. 
from 14, we read. So to answer that question that we had in the beginning, how are we this diverse and welcoming community? And how do we get to call God our Father? Romans 8, for those who are led by the Spirit. It doesn't say those who are perfect or those who are, you know, doing everything right. It just says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves. We are no longer slaves to the law. We are liberated. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Yes, I am a wretched man. Yes, I struggle every day. But I don't need to be in condemnation. Because the spirit that we have received is rather the spirit that you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Hallelujah. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. So in conclusion, <laughs> if I, through his sheer grace, through what Jesus did on the cross, just because of my identity in Christ, just by grace, have been forgiven of all my sins. God has cast away all my limitations and all my sins. Far away from me, as far as the east is from the west. If he's so gracious enough to do that for me, and I get to be his son, the same spirit works in you. And you are his son. And the same spirit works in you. And you are his daughter. So what does that make us? Children of the same father. I love you because God loves me. Because our elder brother, Jesus, loved me. He shows me how to love. So we are 
his children. And that is why there is neither Greek nor Jew. There is neither Indian or Canadian. There is neither free or slave, male or female. We are all in Jesus. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And that's how we get to commune with each other. And that is why we are a diverse and welcoming community. Thank you. Boom! We don't have nothing to say. We are done. No, we're not. <laughs> that was so good. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Praise the Lord. So good. Thank you. That was such a beautiful way to explain the family of God, a passionate passionate way to describe it. Just something just like rose up in me. Yes, we are all family of God because of what God did and sent us on Jesus. And I just love that. Thank you so much, Maria. Yep, absolutely. Um, how are we going to follow that? This is what we're going to do. We're going to take about the next 20, 25 minutes and unpack this value as far as what we intended, what we envisioned as we communicated this value as God brought this to our hearts uh, we're going to share about 20 to 25 minutes here on what this means specifically to Life Church. That was a, such a great theological um, journey through the gospel of how we are all one in Christ. And that's such a beautiful, beautiful picture. But our big idea today is the idea that Maria just shared with us, which is that we are united by a common culture and identity where the one who unites us is greater than the differences that divide us. Amen. And there's some scriptures here. Revelation 7, 9, and 10 says, After this I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. And they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar, Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Such a beautiful picture of this. In Ephesians 4, 6, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for the word that we've already received this morning, God. We thank you, Lord God, for the word, Lord Jesus, that is yet to be shared, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that your word would go forth. It would accomplish what it is set out to do. It would not return void. And God, that our hearts would be turned to you. Our minds would be turned to you, Lord Jesus. And that we would fall more in love with you, Lord God. We pray that these truths that are shared, Lord God, would inspire us today to greater levels of faith. We thank you, Lord God, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we submit ourselves to your word this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Well, as we've already seen this morning, every family has its unique personalities. Do you notice that? Everybody's kind of got their thing. Like in our family, we have uh, like different superpowers, it feels like, that each person has. Like Tanya is ridiculously organized. 
She is amazing at putting things together. She just has this knack for just like putting things in place. Then we've got my son, Josiah Jonathan, who is 15, almost 16 years old. I would describe my son, Josiah, as chill talented. He's just like super chill, but the kid can do amazing things. Everything he does, he does with excellence, and I love that about my boy, We've got Ashlyn Rain Jansen, who is not in here today. She's 13, and she is our creative genius. Ashlyn Rain can take anything and turn it into anything. In fact, most Sunday afternoons, we will come into their room and find, like, paper towns and, like, all sorts of crazy things that she'll just build out of little things that she'll find around the house. That is her gift and her talent. And then my youngest daughter, Aubrey, who is drumming here this morning, my 10-year-old, um, she is like a 30-year-old in a 10-year-old body. I'm telling you, one day you might see her running this country because she is that, uh, that incredible and that awesome. And she's just got this beautiful personality that just pours out of her. And, uh, you know, obviously we've got all these different personalities in our family, but there's one or, or overarching theme that unites us, and it is this. We are, although we're unique, we are the Jansons. We are the Jansons. And that unites us as an identity. Um, I remember, I've told you this story before, but I want to tell it again. You know, I, I remember um, this, this becoming very apparent to us when, when Josiah was very young. And again, very smart, intelligent young man. I remember putting him to bed one night. He was about five years old. And he looked up at me with these, like, you know, challenging eyes. And he looked me right in the eye and he goes, Dad, I don't think I believe in God. And he was just testing me. And I was like, oh, no. Okay. I'm like, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. How do, I, how do I respond to this, Lord? What do I need to say? And so I looked at Josiah and I said, hey, bud, I am so proud of you that you are thinking that way. I think it's so good because God has given us a free will. And so we get to determine how we're going to spend our lives and who we're going to serve. And I just, I love that you're already thinking that way. That's so wonderful. But for the time being, you don't need to worry about that because you're a Jansen. And Jansons, we believe in God. See, there was a, a, an identity that united us that was greater than our individuality. And in, in the church, we talk about a family of God. We, we believe this strongly, as Maria shared this morning, that the one who unites us is greater than anything that could divide us. That his name is Jesus. Amen. All right. When we talk about valuing family at Life Church. There are many different ways that we can kind of dissect that and break that down for you, and we want to do that because this value is very important to us, right? We are family, but there's many aspects of family. We want to, number one, at Life Church, support your family. That is on our hearts. That's something that God's put on our heart. We believe in the family. We treasure the generations that are represented. We love babies all the way up to the seniors. We, we love seeing, we believe God loves the generations and there's an anointing upon the generations, one generation, praising the name of the Lord to the next. We want to support every family at every stage of life. At Life Church, practically, practically, you will see us dedicating babies. We will, um, we will have children's church. We'll have life kids running from nursery so that your babies can be loved on all the way up to grade seven. And then when they graduate out of kids ministry, then we're going to pour into them in youth, in middle school ages, and then grade, so ages like 12 to 
whenever you age out of youth. <laughs> and then we believe that then we want to see young adults and mentoring and serving the youth. And then we have young families and people getting married and then blessing and, and investing into the young marriages and that will become young families. And we have this vision because it's God's vision right? It's God's vision to see the generations. We want to have support for families, support for marriage. We want to have support for when there's hard times and grievances and loss, divorce. There's things, there's hard things. There's beautiful things that happen through the generations, but there's hard things as well. We want to celebrate the highs and the lows, the middle age, the senior age. We want to be a church that believes in the generations the unit of the family that was God's idea. And we will always make that a really important priority at Life Church. We want to see the generations serving Jesus together. Practically, another practical way that will look, we love to keep the kids in church um, for worship for the first part. And I know that's tricky for parents. I know I had littles out for a long time, obviously. <laughs> now they're grown, so it's not hard, but it was a struggle. You know, you've got one on your, your uh, hip, and you've got other ones, snacks, and you're trying to worship, and all those kind of things. But we believe that there is something that is imparted into that young generation as they are in the presence of God, worshiping with their parents, with those around, with the grandmas and grandpas, and with the aunts and uncles. You're not all aunts and uncles, but you know, spiritually speaking. And so we believe that, and we will have the kids in here. We'll dismiss them after to be taught, but we believe believe in serving Jesus together, the generations. Psalm 71 verse 18 says, now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Psalm 79 verse 13, then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever, praising your greatness from generation to to generation. Amen. That is what we want to see. That is what we want to do here at Life Church. So practically, that is one aspect of that family, how that will look here at Life Church. Number two, another level to that statement that we are a family is we believe in a unity in Christ that surpasses our differences. And we spoke about this earlier. Maria touched on this earlier that there's an overarching identity that unites our unique personalities. And as Christians, our primary identity is followers of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. We are united by a common culture and identity where the one who unites us is greater than the differences that divide us. Come on, church. We will not be divided when we are united by Christ. Amen? Here's some scriptures. Romans 8, 15. Read this morning. So we have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. Now, you might ask, what does this look like in Scripture? Where do we see this in Scripture? There's a number of different examples of this. Um, one of the first I can think of is from the book of Joshua. And I love this scripture, um, and where Joshua is about to go into Jericho, and they, they've, I believe they passed over uh, the river, and they're, they're getting ready to go, and Joshua is out praying one night, and all of a sudden he meets with the angel of the Lord. And it says in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13, it says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes, and looked, behold, a man stood opposite to him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, 
are you for us or are you for our adversaries? I love this story because you would think he would say, yeah, I'm for you guys because that's what I'm all about. But he doesn't say that. He says, are you for us or for your adversaries? And the man responds to him and says, no, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does the Lord say to your servant? How many know that God's ways are not our ways? That he is higher than us. That our God is the king and ruler of all of creation. That he is Lord of all. And I love that when, when Joshua comes and says, are you with us? Are you against us? He, his answer is not, yes, actually, to, to tell you the truth, I'm with this person. His answer is just no. I'm not a part of this world system, but I'm a part of something bigger and higher than that. Amen. And he is king and Lord of the kingdom of God. Amen. And so that's, there's this overarching identity that overwhelms the, the, the division. Again, we are followers of Jesus. Um, in the Old Testament prophets proclaim the unity of the nations coming to God. Come on, in Isaiah 56, 7, even them I will bring by holy mountain. I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be a ho- called a house of prayer for all nations. Come on. Um, Psalms 22 verse 27, all the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. Um, in Isaiah 55, 5, surely you shall call a nation you do not know and the nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel for he has glorified you. So in the Old Testament, we have the prophets declaring that God is greater and that the nations will come to God. Come on, we're a diverse, welcoming community. I love that we have so many people from so many different nations and backgrounds. I think that's beautiful because I think it glorifies the fact that he is Lord. Amen. Day of Pentecost. Um, uh, then, uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 4, and 6, to 6, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. Again, different nations, but united under the Spirit of God. Such a beautiful picture. Come on, there is a language of heaven that overrides our ethnicities and our differences. And the one who unites us is greater than the things that divide us. And finally, John's vision of heaven, Revelation 7, 9. I think we read this at the beginning. After this, I saw a vast crowd too great to to count from every nation and tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. Amen. Amen. So there is this unity in the presence of God. We're family. Amen. Yes. I love that so much. That can be applied in, your, in the church family, but even in your, your physical families, right? Your families, that there can be so many things, even groups at work that could divide you, different interests, different opinions, but God is overall. He is our unifier. Amen? Amen. What does it look like to be part of the family of Life Church? We have a common purpose. Church, I think you know it by now. We say, but I, we can't say it enough. We, as Life Church, are here to care for and bring people to Jesus. 
to care for, and to bring people to Jesus. And I do strongly believe that we do such a beautiful job, that you do such a beautiful job of that, loving one another. And there's such beautiful care that goes on in this family with one another. And it just, it, it blesses our hearts. I love seeing this family caring for one another, and continually we bring people to Jesus. We can't save, but he can. We have values. There's, we have common values, which we are going through here, week by week, here at the church. Those, so we have a common purpose. We have common values. We've been going through them. Prayer, worship, honor, rest. We're a family. These are things, and we're going to continue going through those. We also have distinctives here at our church that we believe set Life Church apart. We believe that this place is a welcoming family and community that you can be a part of, that we pray that every single person that comes into the door would feel that embrace, that we are together, we're for you, and we are a family. Um, we're a Holy Spirit presence-driven church, and we're prophetic. And just to be clear, we believe that the gifts are for today. These are some distinctives that make us unique that impact our culture. We're multicultural and multi-generational. And we love that. I mean, we have just come in to Life Church in the last four years, and we love the beautiful diversity that you just see when you're just sitting in the congregation, the different ethnicities and nations that are represented in our church family and the different generations that are here. And that is, I believe that just blesses the heart of God. And that is what we will always, that will be a distinctive of life church, that we will be multicultural and multi-generational. Another distinctive of our church is you're going to notice that we co-pastor. Um, so I always introduce myself as lead pastor, and I'm always going to honor and, and introduce this amazing woman who is the best part of me, by the way, um, uh, Tanya Jansen, as my co-lead pastor. And that's a, a distinctive, I believe, of our church. Um, I know we believe that, you know, throughout the scriptures we see women ministering, and we can have some theological discussion about that someday if you'd like to. Um, but historically that has been the case, and it will continue to be the case here at Life Church. And we really strongly believe in missions, and we want to be kingdom-minded. That's one of our values, and we'll get to that. But we believe in building the kingdom and coming alongside and partnering with missions here locally and all around the world. And um, we, we have a, another distinctive is that we have a living room store. You've heard us talk about that, that is down at 152nd Street. And Paula, she um, helps manage it. And we, all the proceeds of that thrift store go to build the kingdom of God through missions and the missions work. And that is a distinctive of this church too. We just, we will pour, we will pour what we can into um, our missionaries and what is going on all around the world. And I, we love that. Yeah. We love that. Amen. We are a diverse, welcoming community. We are united by a common culture and identity where the one who unites us is greater than the differences that could divide us. I'm going to add that could in there. This is a very practical, it's almost a kind of a teaching for those of you that maybe are new to this, kind of just, this is who we are, but we feel like it's important that we know. It's, it helps you know our identity as a church family. There is a confidence you come, I know who this church is. I know who we are as Life Church, and that can bring confidence. 
And, you know, it sounds all clean and neat when you say, these are our values, this is our purpose, these are our distinctives, things that kind of make us different from some other churches. And again, also when we zoom out and look at all the different churches that are in, represented in our community alone, not to mention our nation and the North America and the world, but just let's say in our community, there are so many beautiful, diverse churches and different expressions um, of churches, even just in our community. And we are all a part of that family. We believe strongly in the family of all the churches, all the denom- denominations worshiping the Lord too. And, and uh, when we go through it like this with a PowerPoint slide and oh, here's all our things, it can look so clean and put together. But the truth is, family is not always so clean and proper and perfect with the points on the page, right? Right? We're all part of family, and it can look messy. And um, it's not always clean and perfect. And we also, as your pastors, are here to walk alongside the messy that church can get because we're all human beings. And Maria said that many times, and it's so true. We're wretched, and we are prone to sin. And that's what happens you know, we can, we can have the desire to be welcoming and to be caring and to be constantly bringing people to Jesus, but sometimes that may not be what comes out of us as a church, right? Because that is just the reality of us being humans and falling to sin, our sinful nature. But we, as your pastors, I know Pastors Mike and Ev, we're committed to walk alongside our church family, the church that God has put under our care through the mess through the stuff that doesn't look so proper like the PowerPoint (laughs) did. We believe in all these things, but we also want to be a church. Family also means that we're there for one another in the ugly, in the chaos, in the mess. And we want you to know that too, church, that we are here as your pastors. And I know that you are all here for one another as well, because I've seen it in action. We've seen it in action time after time and time. We are here to care. When someone stumbles, when a brother or sister stumbles, we're here to pick them up. When a brother and sister walks through a valley, a death, anything, we are here. And we want you to know that. There's sometimes family, I, you know, because it's, it's never clean cut. It's never perfect. But it is a beautiful mess. That's the best description of a family. Wouldn't you agree? And I was talking to Matt. We were talking about this sermon. And I'm like, you know, because we were yesterday morning cleaning leaves. How many have major leaves in your yard? If you have a backyard and if you have any type of big tree in your yard, you will have a mess this time of year. But it's the most beautiful mess. And um, I love it. We have a maple tree. We have a dogwood tree. And we have a willow tree. And they are all dumping right now at the same time. And so we are like ankle deep, sometimes shin deep, depending on if we're on it or not, in leaves. And I love it all, actually. I love it so much. I love watching it fall. Um, but we were cleaning up yesterday, mostly. Matt was cleaning up yesterday, but we were cleaning up. And, um, and I said, you know what? This is like the perfect example of family. Like, it's so beautiful. Not only, like, the leaps are beautiful, right? We got red and orange and yellow, and they're just, they look really beautiful, all strewn all over the place. But they do need someone to come in and clean up this mess, because this mess is not going to look so pretty in a few weeks when the rain starts making it slimy and gross, and it sticks to the to the, your patio and the cement, and you just got like a huge mess, right? You need somebody to come and clean up this mess, this beautiful mess. And I was kind of, I was watching all this yesterday because we were doing this yard, and I'm like, that's exactly 
kind of, it's not exactly, but it's a picture kind of church. It just made me think of church. It's beautiful, all the, the variation of the leaves and everything, and, and, um, but it does need to be cleaned up from time to time. And we're committed to that as your pastors, and pastors Mike and Eve as well, and different, our elders, our beautiful elders. We have amazing leadership at this church, and we want you to know, even small group leaders, your life group leaders, we are here to care for one another. We are here to bring each other's burdens and cares and prayer requests to Jesus all the time. So even in the messy, even when it doesn't look like perfect points, we are here to care for one another. We believe in family here at Life Church. We believe in welcoming all. We want to see diversity in our generation, in our cultural representation here in our congregation. But we also want to be a family to one another. We want to be the family of Christ that Maria just beautifully defined for us, how we are adopted into the family of God. We want to be that here in this place. I'm just going to end by reading a scripture and praying for us today. Ephesians 2.19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Church, we all believe and we value family. We are a diverse, welcoming community where the one who unites us is greater than the things that divide. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord Jesus, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come today, Lord God, just as we are. Even that beautiful mess that Tanya, Pastor Tanya was talking about earlier, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord God, the wretch that Maria was talking about earlier, we can come just as we are. And we know that today, Lord God, we can be made whole and right with you by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are our cornerstone. And Father God, we turn to you today, Lord God. Lord Jesus, if we've been turning away from you, we turn to you today, Lord Jesus. And we say, come and have your way in us. Change us and make us more like you. Lord Jesus, work in our hearts, Lord God. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding in the mirror, the glory of God are being transformed into his image from glory to glory. And we thank you today, Lord God, that even today it's another level of glory in you. We love you, Lord. We pray your blessing upon each person here today. Let them go out with confidence, Lord God, knowing their identity in you today, Lord Jesus, that we are the family of God. We ask these things now in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen.